0: How is this even a television show? It's December the 1st, 2011. This is 508, a show about Worcester on YouTube as well as Channel 13 of Worcester, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Benedetti. Today on the show is Brendan Milliken. How are you, sir? I'm excellent. It's been a while. It has been a while. We're here. We're here. It's a little chilly. We've got a warm uh, wood-burning stove here. Um, There's been like so much news in the past few weeks. All of it absurd. All of it absurd, and it, the sad thing is, I feel like I had I could have done such a good show a week ago. Hmm. Today, it's all just it's all just stale news. Yeah, it's, it's old like, news, cares?
1: and it's it's not necessarily any of it. None of it's really good news. I don't think either. Yeah,
0: at least of the news that we can comment on. Yeah. But um, what are we going to talk about? Um, I don't know. Oh, cool. my phone is making a noise. No, nobody, nobody's left us any good news to talk about. Um, I don't know. I mean, like the big news in Worcester this week. Let's just do the recap of big news in Worcester for people who only follow the news via this program. Again, they are there. of who are, there are out there, which is that.
1: Stop that. <laughs>
0: you could, you could, you could, you could, you could incorrectly summarize the story by saying the PIP shelter has reopened. That basically what happened was a year ago, the PIP shelter, which is the big shelter downtown, where like come as you are, you're drunk, you're high. We can get you a bed if we got a bed come on in 100 people plus in this shelter every night rough place nobody i ever talked to who say to the pep ever had much good to say about it it's probably
1: like the closest thing worcester could <clears throat> come to like if, if we were to have our own christiana like the, mm. that would be the pip shelter just like a like,
0: place where they sort of just tolerated
1: there's no rules like that whole like it, it, wasn't Amsterdam. it wasn't necessarily like the pip shelter but that whole main and wellington corner it just seems to be like a nomad's. People land selling drugs
0: to... outside the chicken the chicken place.
1: And nobody, yeah, I mean, and you've got more police officers walking a beat in, in Tenth Square than you actually have on oh, that corner. Oh, I got to tell ports.
0: this story, but let me put it in a little bit of
1: context. So it was there, the Pip Shelter, was an
0: important part of our our dealing with the homeless in Worcester, which we do a pretty good job, although mm-hmm. we have not solved homelessness. Michael um, Bryan's worked on this. That. Whatever people say, we haven't solved this problem, but we do better than a lot of cities will do mm-hmm. with a problem. Um. Anyway, that was a big cornerstone of what was going on as far as dealing with the homeless. Was that you had this p- weird place that people could just go to? Of course, it caused like problems in the neighborhood that you had like one hundred and fifty, you know, not everybody there an active drug addict, but you can again exaggerate and say one hundred and fifty active drug addicts living in one building, in the densest part of the city. Um, forever a problem, forever a controversy. Finally, Barbara Haller, the the longtime city councilor from that district, was like. Um, we gotta get this out of here all the time. We've gotta get this out of here. We gotta get the out of here. Finally a year ago they say fine, we're gonna get it out of here. What we're gonna do is we're gonna switch over to a system where you gotta go to a place by the uh, community health link sort of facility over there on Queen Street, still in her district, but sort of down Chandler Street, a little mm-hmm. a few blocks away. And we're going gotta go in through a triage process, you're gonna come in, we're gonna process you. You might stay here for a little bit, but then we're gonna like put you into smaller program, more focused programs distributed around the region rather than just keeping everybody in one building. This thing turns into like 75 people living in this triage center. Um, this eventually turns into Community Health Link saying to the South Middlesex Opportunity Council, SMOC, who used to run the PIP, you guys need to run this triage center. SMOC says, we're going to put this down in Webster Square. The people in Webster Square completely go nuclear on this, I would say. Then the city council comes in. The city council, by the way, I'm been frustrated by the news coverage of this because I feel like the, the, every news coverage of the city council's reaction to this needs to start off with the sentence: "The city council has no power on this issue." Like there's this thing called the Dover Amendment, which basically says, if you want to do something like this and you buy the building and you're like a legit nonprofit, you can just do this.
1: Yeah, if you're a it's 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 a section of our zoning, it's state level zoning laws, and it gives an exception for not-for-profits that have. Um, human services or agriculture uh, focuses um, that are have a, have a heavy focus on education. Mm-hmm. They're essentially exempt from zoning laws.
0: Yes. So people, wa- people want to say, like, people want to have some kind of control over their neighborhood. I never really know I've ever known where to draw the line here, too. Because let me tell you, I'm sure there's neighborhood groups in Worcester who would be like, you know what, like, this Jewish family that's moving in let's kind of like try to petition the city council not not have them move in or this black <laughs> family that's moving in, you know, property values. Like, I mean, exactly. You I can come up <laughs> with all kinds of reasons besides that you're a dirty racist for like pretending why you would be, have a problem with this stuff. Um, the moving of the, the moving of the metal in that pot. Um, So anyway, so then everybody's just, there's a big uproar for like, we don't want this place moving into this neighborhood. Because like, and again, like, I think that people's concerns are overblown. I also think that some concern is very legitimate. The city council does decide to have a vote on this, despite the fact that it means nothing. And they're like, why don't you put it back in the old building where it used to be? Back when it was the PIP. And the smock is like, Let's make it happen. Fine. Deal is done. This is, like, sort of hilarious because Barbara Haller, who, like, lost big in this last election, this was, like, her signature achievement of her whole time on the city council. was like, mm-hmm. I have gotten the pip out. And then during this, like, lame duck two months... They're just like whatever. We're basically reopening the PIP. Not basically, because it's a different kind of a program, but it's going to be similar in scale, similar population, mm-hmm. similar kind of concerns um, of the PIP. The and exact it, same. It, building. And it
1: wasn't just Barbara Heller. It was the city manager and the council as a whole. All of all of whom are still sitting members of the city council. Uh, promised the city. I mean, they made a verbal contract with not just that neighborhood, but the city of Worcester, that the PIP shelter would never return. It was never going to reopen. And if there was any lesson learned from this whole experience, it's not that, you know, we've joked before that if you can get 12 of your buddies together and go to City Hall, you can Mm -hmm. change the... You don't even need to do that. You just need to get really, really angry, belligerent, and make completely insane arguments, and scare the bejesus out of the city council, and you'll get whatever you want. Like, Occupy Worcester. If they actually want to camp on the common, they should just show up next Tuesday night with bats and hockey sticks. They should be madder, and they will actually read. They'll dedicate the common after them. I mean, they just need to get much more angry and violent and whisper, ver- you know, physical threats into the ear of the city manager as they're passing by him. They'll get whatever they want. I mean, it's really it, it was it was a really sad sort of thing too because you know, I, I there's a I, I don't agree uh, historically with Barbara Heller on much, right? Mm-hmm. This is one thing that I think she actually worked really hard on and, and was right about that, you know, having the, the PIP shelter and uh, functioning the way it was in that location made no sense. Right? Yeah. It just didn't. Um, she made a very impassioned sort of speech uh, justifying why it shouldn't return Tuesday night. And she was just shouted down by a bunch of belligerent lunatics who had absolutely no interest in having a conversation like adults just wanted to get their way. And it it was kind of you could you could hear her voice like warbling right I mean there was like a level of intimidation in the room that Mm. was. You just don't typically see. Uh, uh, How know. many police were at this meeting? There were fewer police at this meeting for <laughs> 150 uh, you know, violent <laughs> rabble uh, than there have been for the last two weeks. Uh, yeah, there were five, I, I counted. Okay. There may have been more, but relatively speaking, you know, we've had seven and the chief of police for 30 college students representing Occupy Worcester. You had 150 people who were actually passing threats to elected officials in the city of Worcester. They get five cops.
0: Well you know because they're scaling down. They realized that they had too many people with those previous things and now from now on it's going to be more reasonable police presence. one, one police
1: per, but per you don't 50 actually people, want per 30 people. Yeah, heavy handed police presence really only works with nonviolent protesters. What's the point of having, putting police in harm's way when, when there's actual violent people on the table? You know it's, it's, it, it's a more of a it's a more fun sort of show of force when they're only nonviolent people. I have maybe two things to say about this thing with the PIP. I,
0: at the outside, I have two things to say. One is that I think that since the PIP closed and it's supposed to a triage center, the only, I think the only emergency shelter in the city is the Catholic worker. Like The mm-hmm. only place where you could literally show up and just be like, here I am. And if they had a bed, they would take you in and be like, okay. Um, but the Catholic kind of Worker is like tiny and doesn't have a lot of turnover, so it's effectively there's like no emergency shelter now, which is, I think why people who are homeless advocates have sort of been, as as they did last week at the city council meeting, making a thing about you know what like there's some kind of problem now with the system that we don't have that kind of mm-hmm. uh, escape valve. The other comment I want to make is about people selling drugs at the chicken place across from the Pip. Which is that today? I was walking down Main Street with somebody who has just moved to the city of Worcester, and I was showing her around the downtown. And I was like, "Here's the pep," and I went to be like, "And here's the people selling the drugs." But there was four police officers standing there, so I'm we just very quiet. We walk by them, and as we walk by them, the police. One of the police officers says to the other ones. He says, "He says, well, I think they all moved down there because we're here." Maybe we should move down there. <laughs> and they, like, walked down the street to where there's about a block away. There's, like, more of a crowd of people. Because I know it was kind of awesome. It was, like, four police officers on the street in, in Main Street, like, not actively arresting somebody. It was kind of incredible. And it was just kind of, like... My my friend was, like, this must be... Because like, it's, like, opening day. And I was, like, I think it probably is. Well, like, yeah. skip things mellow for the first couple of days. I mean, that should be...
1: Yeah, right. I mean, if there's a couple of take-home messages here, it's one that the city of Worcester still acts like a bunch of children when it comes to uh, any sort of vice, right? Because I mean, mm-hmm. really this came down to uh, not uh, people being unwilling to acknowledge that there is a need for some sort of social service programs in the city, mm-hmm. but that their children might have to look at people smoking cigarettes outside of some sort of you know health facility. I mean, it, it was some really just bizarre sort of arguments that people were having that, uh, you might have an alcoholic uh, in the neighborhood, right? As if you don't already have alcoholics in your neighborhood. In your own house. <laughs> yeah, upstairs. Uh, you might call him dad. Who knows? I mean, yeah. The But the, the stranger thing is this idea that we can police our way out of uh, social service, uh, out of... Um, you know, These social social, social ills, right? I mean, that that like you just said, you get four cops standing now in the corner of Maine and Wellington Street. Well, <laughs> drug dealing has now gone away, right? No, it just moved the next, like you said, it moved the next block over because there aren't four cops standing there, mm-hmm. which ultimately comes, that's the problem that I think we have here is that you go back years ago, The state uh you know used to handle a lot of the social service needs in the commonwealth whether it was Mm. mental health addiction whatever the case may be we all decided that the state did a terrible job they were totally inefficient and what have you so we started pushing that like we're doing now in education to the private sector right and now we just have a system where the private sector is making bank off of this stuff right Mm. i mean they're all not-for-profits but they're rolling in cash from uh state funds Mm. arguably more money being spent in the private sector than there was mismanaged in the public sector but what we end up with is a system where nobody is really se- seemingly caring about the folks that actually need social services, right? Mm. We're we're trying to police them out of uh, out of existence, which you know I know we have a lot of people in the city of Worcester who believe that's the right take, right? That we should just push people into another community and let them deal with it. It's just a really bizarre mentality, <laughs> to, to, from my perspective, mm. uh, that that we 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 ha- I don't think we've done anything meaningful in terms of conquering uh some pretty basic sort of social problems like addiction and homelessness right i mean they're complex and on their own in the grand scheme of things but from a a public policy perspective right a little bit of compassion goes a long way actually looking out for people that that are on hard times goes a long way Mm -hmm. those are the things we don't do we just take a bunch of cops uh put them on a street corner uh, which has its role, but doesn't actually cure addiction. Uh, maybe we'll put some planters down. I'm sure we'll, we'll maybe drop a tree or two on, on, on the street and make the neighbors feel good. But it has absolutely zero impact on the real issue, which is addiction issues and issues of homelessness. Yeah. Okay. What I'm, do I know? I'm going to move on. Move on. I'm going to move
0: on. I want to read, I want to read a couple of comments about <clears throat> what's going to be our next story. One comment I think we got from Europe. Um, somebody said... What are they doing you getting their news? Somebody from, from Europe was Europe. watching a show that we did about Occupy Worcester. Well, thank you for watching. But seriously,
1: I mean, there's <laughs> they said good media over there. They
0: said it gets tiresome when you do not make the effort to focus and get lost in self irony or something similar. I have to say, I feel like one of the major exports of the city is going to be irony. We got <laughs> to use this. We have. Um, And then we had another comment about uh, Occupy saying, I think Occupy Worcester has run out of steam. I know it's your show, but what about shining some light on the situation between smock, opening up a triage center, and all the resistance they're hearing? I'd be really interested to hear some opinions on that. So there's the smock thing. I'm going to talk about this Occupy Worcester anyway. Mm. So basically, we could go through the entire history of Occupy Worcester. The most recent things that we've seen was, first of all, last week, city council put before themselves, do we want to take a leadership role on something for the love of God (laughs) in the city? And they said, hell no. So that's what we got last week at the city council. Um, in the meantime, uh, there's this really sort of funny thing that happened in the paper, which is, um, so Occupy Worcester sort of, the, the mission, the missionary society, the mission society, Worcester Mission Society controls like this parking lot by Lincoln Square there. And like, they sort of had this like arrangement, like, okay, we could set up a little camp here. And they were kind of setting up some little tents and things for about a week. And then after about a week of this, they did two things. one is they took like all this lake ab stuff started taking more of it out of storage and trying to put up like s- substantial amount of the tents um, and at the same time they talked to the missionary society who were like, oh these tenants are coming in some of the buildings nearby and you, we're gonna, we can give you another week but you got to kind of move um, So it was kind of funny that like at Wednesday it, Tuesday evening's General Assembly it was sort of announced like hey we actually only got a week left. Mm-hmm. On, on Wednesday morning's Telegram and Gazette was a big article. Occupy Worcester is digging in for the long haul at Lincoln Square, <laughs> potentially having talked to somebody that afternoon, but not actually getting back to anybody that evening. And mentioning in the article at the very end, oh, we didn't talk to anybody from the Mission Society, which if they had talked to them, they might have gotten a little more of a heads up. The next day, of course, it's like Occupy Worcester is going to have to move. Big, big news. Anyway, I go down there. I've done these interviews. People look at these interviews on YouTube. People are like discouraged. People are, like, doing good things in Occupy Worcester. They're working on the different projects. They're working on the anti- with the mm-hmm. Anti-Foreclosure Task Force and things like this, which is really cool. As far as the campsite goes, people, I go down there. I cannot find happy people to talk to me on the video about the campsite. And they're going to have to move. Here's the idea. First of all, oh by the way, have you seen the Occupy Wall Street Journal? It's beautiful. This is a fantastic newspaper. I just want to say all professional publishers... Look like how broad this broadsheet is. This is it. This is it. You know what? Like, I got something to tell you. If you're, if you're just doing, like, something on paper and you're just, like, trying to save some money, just, like, print it like something tiny. Fine. Go for it. You know, if you're going to keep shrinking your paper, go for it. If you want to say this paper has some value, we actually care about paper, paper has affordances the internet doesn't have, paper has affordances my phone doesn't have, like, this is how you do it, people. This is how you do it. Live life loud. That's all I'm going to say. It's red and black and white, perfect color combo with a nice couple of color photos an in there. actual newspaper. This is some smart... Oh, my God. This Telegram is Gazette,
1: fantastic. you are officially on notice.
0: This is it. This is how it's done. This is what Occupy can do, people. I'm sorry to say. Okay,
1: anyways, so... And that's just it, too, right? I mean, you know, it's easy for folks to, like, poke at, like, say, the Worcester Group, which was pretty small to begin with, yes. and say, like, well, they've accomplished nothing, really. But they have, right? I mean, you, you just the networking alone between people who would otherwise never have met each other, new skills that have come together yes. as a result of that. And now you've got maybe they won't be camping out for the winter. But good, because we won't be talk you and I won't be joking about frostbite all winter then. We'll actually have people out in the street working, like you said with the anti foreclosure groups. Well, who knows where people are gonna end up? And but, they
0: they've dominated the public discourse in the city for two months. <laughs> but, but if all, this if this and, alone, and which, which and I have to say, like, the fact that they've dominated the public discourse in terms of have they washed their hair more frequently? This is the fault of the people who hear their prophetic voice and want to focus on the fact that they're eating locusts and honey mm-hmm. rather than on what they're saying. I'm sorry. I'm sure Jeremiah had the same thing. Jeremiah, what's your program? <laughs> Jeremiah would be like, you know what? If you would pray to God, maybe he would give you the program, or maybe he would smite you, but maybe that's the problem. <laughs> that's what Jeremiah would tell you if he asked for his program. Jeremiah was a prophetic voice. That's a prophetic voice. That's all I'm going to
1: say. But if this newspaper alone was the only thing to come out of the Occupy Wall Street movement, mm-hmm. then... Th- th- that's huge, right? I mean, I hate to break it to folks who are, who like to think of, fancy themselves like uh, you know savvy consumers of media, but this right here is where your your papers of record come from, right? I mean, watershed moments in society where someone says, you know what, I'm going to start keeping notes on this. Next thing you know, ten years go by, and you have a daily newspaper that is a meaningful uh, cultural um, institution. I mean, again, if this car- if something like this carries on, you now have a voice for a movement that is bigger than a bunch of tents and whatnot. I think that's what people have lost sight of.
0: Well here's the visionary here's the visionary idea for the next step for Occupy Worcester. I don't like to focus too much on the camping, but the camping is kind of one of the key innovations and kind of I feel like we're in a crazy time in our society and the Occupy movement is so weird that maybe it still has a chance to do something. Everything else we is doesn't have a chance or it's not weird enough to possibly have a chance. Occupy, I feel like it's still weird enough that who knows what's going to happen with Occupy Worcester we'll tomorrow. The answer is, where do you move the camp to? This is not my idea, but this is told me by somebody very smart, I believe. International Waters, Lake Quinsigamond. This is the time of the year that you can go on Craigslist. People are trying to get rid of pontoon boats, rent out, get these things out of their house. They're kind of busted there or whatever. You get on there, you get yourself some pontoon boats, you go to Lake Quinsigamond, you build a camp. More tents, more boats, no problem. Eventually,
1: what happens? Lake freezes over.
0: All your problems are solved. You don't even
1: need to have like a little shuttlecraft at that point. I Every... don't know that Lake sigmund actually qualifies as international waters. Yeah, though.
0: but you know what? If you camped on the Worcester Shrewsbury line. In a boat? Well, who's going to... I mean, it's the kind of thing where it's going to give you a month while somebody tries to figure out who to have arrest you
1: for what. Something tells me that there are uh, some folks in the Shrewsbury Police Department uh, that would figure out an interagency response to this, and it would not end up well at all. But I like the idea, because it's very much like uh, Sealand, right? What was that? Yes, but? yes. The, the old oil rig sort of thing that was uh, out in the middle of nowhere that was going to be like yes. the libertarian country, but sure. it's just like a server farm. Sure. Yeah, No, I mean, that is... that is that. Boston Harbor. Maybe that's the way to go.
0: Here's what I got for you, Brendan Millican. Beards. I got you beards. I got Worcester Magazine, the Fuzz Club. Worcester Magazine has a nice cover story this week with a ton of beards. Where are they? They're in here somewhere. A ton of nice big photos of beards. I'm all about celebrating... All kinds of things, especially people—the fact that people have beards. You know what? Once every ten years, sure, celebrate the fact that there's people with Worcester with beards. Some of them have there's bagpipes, of some of them have a red gun. There's like ten beards in here. Hmm. Plus, we got coming out that which came out last week was the November Happiness Pony. November Happiness Pony. Not only does it have—is Worcester smaller than Providence? You've watched this show, you know this line of argument. It's got like a ton of beards. We got Keith's beard. We got Paul Hernandez, really great beard. Jeremy Shulkin, the late Joe Devoe, the late Ellery B. Crane. We got a lot of beards going on. This is actually making me think about like who, like the role of beards in the city, because we have no bearded city
1: councilors, right? We do not. Nor, do we, do not even a mustachio. It is actually possible. Uh, if somehow this is, this needles in my head, mm. um, as something like you know an old person told me once when I was young and impressionable, that we might actually have an ordinance in the city that that disallows facial hair for uh, city councilors, elected officials.
0: Uh, what's his face? Juan Gomez had a mustache.
1: Well, he still has a goatee. But didn't he, he, I think he was clean shaven when he was on the council.
0: You think there is an ordinance? I'm. Well, this please is. Please, someone find that and... out for me, because it's stuck oh. in
1: my head. That's not, that's something that like a crazy old person probably told me once. But you flip flip back a couple pages, because yeah, people yeah.
0: have been looking at this and saying like, oh, they just stole this from Happiness Pony. Mm-hmm. But what I gotta say is like, it's cool. There's a little Happiness Pony
1: credit. Yeah, that's very nice. So there's, there's a, guy nice in a little... hot dog suit too. Also, I don't know what that is. You don't get nothing. I did I have story. nothing to do with that.
0: I have nothing to do with Happiness Pony. Anyways. <clears> um, <throat> Yeah, I was just wondering, like who who would you who are Worcester's like who are the beards of Worcester that we're not that we that we're not getting like who are your power players in Worcester who are bearded? Um, Jordan Levy had a beard for a while. Yeah, but I don't want I don't. That's I'm not, not I'm know, not, not putting him about. in happiness pony. Happiness pony is 100 percent against Jordan Levy, hmm. not against him. Just it's just against that aesthetic.
1: Power players with beards. I don't know. Get a couple of ship captains up there on your shelf. There you go.
0: Probably not too many. Maybe some, maybe some ministers, maybe some Orthodox ministers.
1: Bringsidovich have a beard? I have no idea. I think he's got a beard. People, he? there's
0: people with mustaches. You got your Billy Bro has your mustache. He's
1: got a, mu- it's, it's a healthy mustache too. Anyway, that's just a
0: question I'm throwing out there. I, you know, Bill Coleman shaved his beard before he ran for city council.
1: Uh, he knew he was gonna if he won.
0: I don't. It frustrates me to no end. I've complained about it on this show before,
1: probably. Meh. I can't think of any. I I I'm one of those people that uh, since I can't grow uh, meaningful amounts of facial hair, or at least when I lose I'm one of those people that it doesn't all connect, just like a spotty sure. sort of thing. Sure. Um, I am ultimately just jealous of people who can, mm-hmm. so I just ignore them.
0: There you go. Well, like I would I, be I, curious. I just shut them out. I would be curious to try to figure out who would be Worcester's most powerful. Not people with beard the most powerful beard. beards, but people who are the most influential people who who are who have a beard, whether it's a distinguished beard or just sort of like they have a beard.
1: Who is the actor that we've talked to in the past? Um, walks around with a cane in Worcester. Joe Fineral. Beard.
0: He does have a beard. Yeah. He has a powerful voice. I don't know if he's powerful. He's got a stick. He's got a He's got a super Big stick. Tilly hat. I like the Tilly hat. That's oh, good. That's all I need to know. Hi, like Joe, I really hope Joe watches this show sometime. Hi, right, Joe. How's it going? Um, oh, oh, I was um, going to say, speaking. Bob Largess. Jess. Bob
1: Lar He's got horses. I mean, that guy rides horses around He's got the city. A literal horsepower.
0: <laughs> so Bob just could be the most powerful man in Worcester who's with a beard, besides Jordan Levy, who doesn't count. Doesn't, because he doesn't ride horses anymore. He doesn't. He doesn't, Nothing to do with happiness nor ponies, that guy. One thing, one thing beard related I should mention, too, is that there's a beard competition coming up. It's called Whiskerite. They had it a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. They don't exactly know when or where the competition's going to be this year. So here's how it works it's a fundraiser for the Worcester County Food Bank. All the money, 100% goes to the food bank. There's like some prizes and things that comes out of some other way. All the money goes to the food bank. It's probably going to be held at a bar, who knows where. Maybe your dive bar, maybe, speaking of a popular just, maybe the Vernon. Who knows where it will be held. The way that it starts is you have to pay $5 to enter. If you gotta grow, you have to be clean shaven on a certain day. This year, D Day is December sixteenth. You gotta shave your face on September sixteenth, and you either gotta go to the organizers and get it verified, or you gotta like take your photo with that day's paper and be like, "I got no beard. Here I am." If you need to keep a beard for some reason, you still want to enter, and you can pay, I think, five dollars a centimeter fine mm. and still enter the competition because it's all about raising money. There's going to be four, probably four competitions as part of the competition. There were last year, at least. One of them is just Awesomest Beard. Mm-hmm. Like, is you, are you Bob Largest, basically, is that one. The second one is Most Creative Beard. Are you doing something cool? Such as, for example, we have here in the Happiness Pony we have Paul Hernandez has a nicely groomed, cool beard. Um, the third one is going to be Best in Show. Mm-hmm. Best in Show is basically de- determined by votes or determined by money. You go around the bar potentially even before the event and you get people to give you money in your envelope to say you're the best beard and whoever raises the mo- all that money everybody's all- envelopes all go to the food bank and whoever brought in the most wins the best in show fan favorite award the last competition is crappiest beard mm-hmm. saddest beard this is why i think you should enter this competition if you Thanks. See, if you see or you could just see do you have a sad enough beard to win a competition, that's, or do you just uh, have a medium? That's sad exactly
1: beard? the title that I, I was hoping <laughs> to add to my resume. Sad, sad, sad bearded, bearded Brendan yeah. Mellican. Um I have a, I got a picture that I should get to you for this show when you put it on the internet of uh-huh. a friend of mine uh, who goes by the name of Czechs Lunix, mm-hmm. um, and he had uh, he was a big fan of beards that, mm-hmm. but like uh, not non-standard beards, and he had developed the ring head. Um, which was a beard that it, it was a profile beard, shaved head. Okay, right? but it was it was a ring of hair that just from the top all the way down to the sideburns and then a neck beard. So everything up here was clean shaven. Every, the, the back the back of the head and was the clean, front of his head was clean was his head shaven. It was his just mustache. literally one stripe of hair that went all it went down the top, down the sides of the sideburns, connected to a neck beard. That's it incredible. Was terrifying, is what it was. <laughs> you just could not look at him at all while he was wearing this hairstyle
0: this to me sounds like a guaranteed winner
1: i don't know i mean again it's it's a pretty intimidating uh, look i mean you i think you would need to be dressed in like a santa claus suit or as a leprechaun to pull it off to uh, not just scare everybody away
0: i don't know i can see this happening Ooh. Anyways,
1: people should enter. I
0: think you can email. How long does the period of growth go for? Oh, it's probably going to be like two, three months. Two or three months. So you could grow. Like, let me show you a photo. Here's a photo of Derek Ring literally at the Whiskerite competition. So, like, that's the kind of beard that a person, and I think he may have won. Hmm. I don't remember whether he won for raising money or just qual- beard quality, but he was a one of the winners. So that's the kind of beard that you could have, You could probably that you probably have to contend with. It's getting a little bit but long he's a creative person.
1: Creative people are always better with beards. Well, I, do I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is that determines beard,
0: your ability to grow a beard. I feel like even if you can't grow a beard, you know, you know it's genetics maybe. Here's, so here's the reasons to join this. Number one, it's kind of fun to go out to a bar and be part of a charity beard competition. But the main reason is number two, which is for like two months, people are gonna say to you, Brendan, you growing a beard? And you're gonna say I'm entering a charity beard mm-hmm. competition. Mm. And every time you say, I'm entering a charity beard competition, that might be the highlight of your day. It's just like super fun to say that over and over in response to people's questions. I'm enter- You could say it now. I'm entering a charity beard competition, but it won't delight your heart. Yeah. So that is that. If um, you already have
1: a beard and you want to say it right now while you're watching this at home, you can test it out and see if it might be the thing for you.
0: You can. I think you email whiskerite at gmail.com or go to facebook.com slash whiskerite and uh, you can enter. You can attempt to find out as the details come along. I'm just letting you know because this is going to be awesome. I'm 100% going to enter this competition. I'm really excited. So there we go. This is what we got this week. We got creativity. We got ideas for a competition. You can enter. Start at the station also is Sunday, by the way. It's going to be good. Apparently, you can come to, go to start at the station an hour early at 10 rather than 11 a.m. if you pay $5. All right. So you don't because it's super crowded in this. It is super station. crowded. So you yes. can kind of have a mellower holiday shopping experience. Plus, you can give them five dollars to help them out, which isn't a bad thing at all. It's a, right. They're going to try to sell you like a T-shirt or something for that ten Black bucks. Friday you don't need
1: that way. That's something that, that the retailers should look into for Black Friday. You can yeah. pay ten thousand dollars and you cut the line. Right, everyone's camping outside. You person. And, and you don't get maced in, in the face over a uh, two-dollar waffle iron at Walmart.
0: And if you get maced. They give you your money back. They give back. you your money back, right. People go so crazy. They would totally be willing to pay a lot of money for the exclusive yeah, access to Walmart an hour early. Are well, you that's, kidding me? yeah. I mean, and yeah. I'm sure they're going to do it next year. It's my idea. It's your idea. Anyways, so this is what we got this week. We got ideas for beer competitions. We got ideas on b- b- making a pontoon city. Plus, you know what the best thing is, man? Occupy Worcester. If they do this, pirates. Pirates. Every possible, right? Because right now they're doing kind of like
1: a little bit of campish thing,
0: a little bit of a hippie thing, but there's so much. You get the Jolly Roger, you got eye patches. Can you imagine Scott Guzman with a
1: fake peg leg and an eye patch? And you know what's something that's really cool too? That I, I parrots. My, parrots are cool. Um, Crog I, having a, a like a hobo fire on a frozen <laughs> lake, and I, I may have actually seen this happen in the past, where like the fire is burning in a barrel mm-hmm. and then melts through the ice. Like yes. the in, that that momentary interaction between a fire and frozen water but like uh, you know as it sinks mm-hmm. it is an incredible thing it's like you know the steam it's like a big a flume comes beautiful beautiful it's like a geyser
0: if i was the telegram and gazette i would be secretly funding the money to build <laughs> A pontoon boat city. Because again, how many hits to the website are you going to get reporting on the I, pontoon city day? I by will
1: day. put this out there now that I will donate my backyard uh, for any Occupy Lake Quinn needs. Uh, if you want to start building boats and you shamble, well, where the hell are we going to build a boat that we can get bring away the with yard. this? My backyard is all yours, right? You bring in the, the big, you know, whatever water, you know, the five gallon water uh, containers and whatnot that you want to fill pulling springs bottles whatever (laughs) start building your pontoon boats
0: sounds good